to The Magic in the Messy, bringing you deep dive, vulnerable conversations, as well as my own raw, unedited thought streams that dig beneath the surface and explore what it means to truly live life on our own terms. I'm Jo Hodson, and I thank you so much for being here. Welcome to another episode in the Permission series. What it means to give ourselves permission to live life on our own terms. And today I'm speaking with Sarah Regalhuth. And we actually connected just a few short weeks ago when I responded to a call that she put out there for guests for her podcast around stepping into our truth. And we had a deep and rich conversation and I invited her onto my podcast. And so we could continue that discussion on the vein of, of permission, how, what that looks like and how that shows up for her. So this is a beautiful conversation. And we, we dive deep in so many, so many areas. And there's a lot of learning on, on, my, on my front as well. Things like just because we're not lying doesn't mean we're in our truth. How truth can show up in our body language, not just in the words we say. And how by repressing and hiding things through protecting others or not wanting to hurt other people, how that has such a big impact on our own growth and our own needs, our own desires, what it looks like to repress those things and how that accumulates over time and what it looks like to have those deep and powerful conversations and actually how connection can come through those deep, powerful and often difficult conversations. So I look forward to you joining us for this conversation on permission and I'd love to hear what comes up for you. If there's any insights that particularly resonate with you or anything that particularly triggers you, please do share and enjoy this conversation. Hey Sarah, thank you so much for coming to chat with me today. I'm really excited. Obviously, we've we've had a discussion previously for your podcast, and so this is really exciting to be able to kind of like reciprocate that. Um, we're talking a little bit about what it means to give ourselves permission, um, aka sharp in life on our own terms. And yeah, I just love to dive in on what that looks like for you, how that might show up in any given moment. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, it was great to chat with you on on my show. Um, I loved our conversation. It was just so, uh, you were so raw and vulnerable with, mm-hmm. you know, some of your struggles and the things uh, that you were moving through at the time. And it was just so beautiful. And I was reflecting even as you were talking then about how um, in that vulnerability, because we, we don't know each other in person, like we met on Instagram, I guess, for a couple of messages and then officially on the podcast and just coming back here with you today and I'm looking at you because we're on video for listeners, but um, it's just like, I feel like I know you and I feel like I know you because of that vulnerability and that connection that we shared. So mm. I don't know, just an interesting reflection I was, mm. I was having as you were, as yeah, you were chatting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's crazy because, yeah, we've never met in person, but even digitally, we've literally met like 12, twice because we had the cost up. <laughs> so it's not even even as if we've got a, a history of, of, of like connection. So yeah. it is quite fascinating, actually, how vulnerability can actually go super deep, super quick. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, I think it's when we do allow ourselves to go there, it feels like connection just opens up far easier. 
um, than when we stay in that place of like kind of protecting what we say or what we share or who we are or how we show up. Um, you know, we're doing that to try to gain approval and acceptance and fit in and all of those things and validation. But in actual fact, we're creating this like wall of separation between ourselves and whoever it is that we're trying to show up for, which is Mm -hmm. so funny, like that we're doing the, we're achieving the opposite of what we're trying to. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it's, yeah, the word protection just jumped out at me as as you said it. And I'm like, what is it we're protecting? Like when, so, so the, so the theme of this is, is giving, you know, giving ourselves permission. What is it to give ourselves permission to live like life on our own terms? And so the protection element, what is that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like this is a massive thing that I'm diving into and living through for myself right now. Um, actually was, I wrote a post on Instagram this morning about this very kind of concept, I guess, of for me it's around like truth and just showing up in my truth and exactly as I am. And truth is... I've discovered, you know, so much more complex and such a spectrum than I think what we can initially think when we hear that word, you know, we think of truth and we think of lies. So, okay, I'm telling lies, but like, what is a lie? Like, is it a lie when I show up to a party, even though I don't want to be there and I'm in a shit mood and I put on a face because I feel obligated? Like that's, that's an untruth, you know, all the way to the secrets we keep and the actual lies we tell. So I don't know, I've been diving into that a lot. And I was reflecting this morning on the moment that I kind of was like, what, wait, what am I doing when I don't show up exactly as I am? And I was sitting, I was in a yoga studio in Tulum, I think it was February of 2017. And I was, actually, was it 17, 18? Sorry, February 2018, so last year. And I was sitting on the mat of this yoga studio, you know, beautiful Tulum, lights filtering in, and this little tiny speck of a thought just crept into my head, like, what if you were just you? Like, what if you just said all the things that you feel, all the things that you experience, struggle with, I don't know, the the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, like, excuse me, every single part of you, what if you just let it out, let it shine, let it show all the time? And I was just like, oh my God, that's so freaking scary. (laughs) And like, this is coming from someone who I've always considered myself to be fairly open, you know, willing to be vulnerable, quite deep. I've always considered myself to be those things. But what I realized is there's a difference between being those things, like being vulnerable, being open, being deep. And we can still filter what we are deep with, what we are vulnerable with, what we are open with. But what what had come to me in that moment was, but what if I did it without the filter? Mm -hmm. Like what if I shared the story before I was comfortable with it? You know, I can sit and talk about an abusive relationship I was in when I was 18. I've had 20 years to like figure that story out and get comfortable with it and talk about who I was 20 years ago that led me into that and how I got out of it. But like, what about talking about the things that are happening today that I'm struggling with or that I feel or that I'm afraid of telling someone or saying to someone because they might leave me or they might not like me or, you know, whatever might happen. And fuck, it was a scary thought. But I feel like that thought was just like this little tiny seed that was planted and has grown over the last year and a half 
to a place where I'm now like pretty unfiltered. And I guess it's been like healing for me. And on the one hand, it's like, fuck Sarah, does everyone really need and want to know about all this stuff? But I'm also like, they can just unfollow me if they're not interested. So, you know, the, the greater good that feels like it's coming out of it is that it's healing me and it's healing other people and it's opening up this kind of connection and communion. And, you know, there have been situations where my life has shifted. The relationships in my life have shifted uh, as a result of me being so in my truth and talking about the things that we usually avoid because they're uncomfortable. Um, And that's okay because the bigger picture is I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live as I am and I want to be in relationship, you know, family, friends, lovers, with people who know and see that and love it as it is versus me trying to be who I think they might want me to be so that I can protect my, you know, poor little abandonment wound that just Mm. needs to be healed. And the only way to heal it, I feel, is to just be, to give myself permission to just be as I am. Mm. Oh, that's uh, so many things I love. I love the filtering part. And as you were talking about that, what, what came to my mind was, when I when I sort of began exploring this kind of stuff last year and I had a series of conversations around what it is to be creative, which is not so dissimilar to the whole what it is to give us permission because it's so mm-hmm. interrelated. And one of the one of the lines that was something that I quoted from the discussion with a with another coach was that she said something along the lines of we edit ourselves away. And mm. so often when we open our mouths, it's we've already edited I was going to say half of it. I don't know how much of it out before we even say something. And, or if we're writing something down, I mean, I, I love blogging and writing and, but in order for the, the process for the words forming in my mind to, to showing up on the paper, I've edited it. I've, I've curated it. I've, I've, you know, I've manipulated, I've, I've made them look pretty or whatever it is. And the unfiltering process or like, yeah, like, stripping that right back like that is fascinating to me and it's something I feel like I'm very much in that process of allowing myself what what does that feel like look like what does it how will that show up if I was totally unfiltered um and I could feel the resistance in me as I was trying to almost live through what you were saying like myself I was thinking okay what does that look like for me and I could feel it I could feel how hard that that is um so yeah, that's 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 super interesting. The other point that I liked as well was the party analogy of, of you know, if you show up to a party you don't really want to be at, you know, you're that's an untruth. And I thought, wow, I've never really thought that in terms of yeah, yeah, I think of truth and lies, things we say, but in terms of body language or or if if we're doing something but meaning something else, sort of thing, or well, yeah, like there's just so much like and we're we're conditioned from such a young age like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it yes you know when someone says to you how are you good thanks like are you good like I don't know you could be like many things (laughs) you know there's a whole range a whole spectrum um I think we've also had like such an influx of this like positive mindset and positive culture and like you know not to be negative and I think there's a real difference between complaining and being in a negative mindset versus like just expressing what's Mm. happening for you. And, you know, there was a time there where I was like, oh, it's such, I can't be negative. I've got to be positive all the time. 
And that's denying, you know, half of who we are as human beings um, and promoting that image. You know, there was a time when, uh, here's another version of untruth, I would think to myself, I can only post inspirational, positive content on Instagram or whatever social media because, you know, that's my role is Mm. to inspire people. Mm. And I'd linked inspiration with only being like these positive things. Mm. What I've actually discovered is it can be just as inspirational to hear someone move through their struggle or to to witness someone in their pain. That can be just as inspirational because it's real. Yeah. You know, it's real. I went through a time last year when I was kind of careening toward a breakdown, which did ultimately happen, where I couldn't go on Instagram for a while because I was like, everyone's life just looks so perfect and I feel so different and isolated. I'm like, I'm the only one moving through what I'm moving through. And, you know, I had to delete the app from my phone and things like that. So just because there was all these inspirational quotes on there, that wasn't inspiring me at that time. You know, what would have been more inspiring for me and what ultimately was, was finding connection with other people that maybe were moving through something similar to me. So I don't know. I was thinking of something else that you said when you were talking about the editing process and the filtering process, and it just dawned on me why I love um, verbal, like I'm a, I'm a uh, what do you call it when you process verbally, like externally verbally, um, like I'm just a talker anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I, it dawned on me why I love so much doing like Instagram Live or podcasts or um, even being like on a panel or being interviewed all of those things without preparation. Mm. And the reason I love it so much is because there isn't that filtering and editing process. Yeah. I'm just allowing the things to come out of me as they come out. And look, there is sometimes a downside. Like I've definitely been in, you know, heated debates with a partner where I haven't had time to like figure out how to articulate what I'm saying. And things have sometimes come across not what I actually mean or whatever. So, you know, there is both sides to that. And I, I've definitely learned the value in taking a breath and taking some space to formulate our thoughts. Um, but for the most part, I think you've hit the nail on the head of why, so thank you, because that's kind of insightful for me, of why I like this kind of situation more when, it, when, we're, when we're referring to creating content and putting our message out there to the world is like, I like the process of not editing it down and filtering it and making it all perfect. Mm, mm. And, yeah, and, again, I totally resonate with that because I, as you were talking, I noticed the reason I also like that. I mean, I, and I said at the beginning before I hit record is that I'll, I'll, rec- I'll record the intro to this afterwards because otherwise I'm just totally in my head. And whereas when things are unprepared and it's just spontaneous and we just see what shows up, I'm in my body. Like, I'm just... I'm just literally being with whatever's being said. Like that, there's no yeah. agenda at all. Whereas even if I had a few bullet points, I'd be sort of looking to the side thinking, have we covered what I feel we should be covering and all that shitty stuff is that's not me giving myself full permission. That's not me giving this process full permission. It, it, you know, the, the permission thing in, 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 in this context is, is about not being in my head where, all the yeah all the thoughts and things that I yeah all the shitty stuff happens and and whenever should comes into the equation it's not it doesn't align with permission for me 
for the mm. first part. You know, that, that's, and that's probably my biggest struggle because whenever I feel uncertain or fearful or there's, I don't know, whatever it is, a, a, or an anxiety, I, I tend to run up to my head to try and analyse it, to try and think my way through something. But that is so often not what's needed particularly in this in the work I'm doing at the moment it's you know similar to you just feeling through the process not thinking through the process um so yeah I just I love I love that I love that kind of observation Mm. one of the really interesting things um that I've done in the past probably 12 months maybe a little less is like starting to create again in an artistic context so drawing painting those kinds of things and I was very loved art when I was a child I was really into that but I've noticed um you know I'll sit down with that blank page and my colorful oil pastels or crayons or whatever I'm going to use and I will stare at that page for quite some time before I give myself permission to put the pen or the crayon to the paper because I maybe have an idea or see something in my mind or even it's a feeling and I want to get it on the page, but I don't want to do it wrong, Mm. you know? And I'm like, well, once I, once my pen hits the page, you know, the mark is there. And so, you know, I won't be able to change it. So I've got to make sure I know that it's right. And it was so interesting to observe that, like I'm sitting on my couch alone at home, doodling away for no reason. Like no one will ever see this if I don't choose to show it to them yet. I'm, paralyzed and I'm like that to observe that was so profound for me to just Mm. be like oh my god like if I'm doing that over this Mm. which means nothing Mm. and how am I doing this in so many other areas of my life and Mm. I mean honestly I would like highly recommend anyone listening to just do that and and observe yourself when you set out to create something because we have all of this you know, there's the, well, what if I can't do it right? And once I've done it, it, it's made the mark has been made. And then there's the like, just fear of it's not going to look good and it's not going to be good and it won't turn out how I want it. And there's just so much that's running through our minds and to kind of experience all of that over something that means nothing Mm. gives you a bit of an insight over what's going on when you're, when we're dealing with these areas of our life that actually do mean something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it reminded me actually when I was at art college before I went to university. I, my previous life was in architecture, and before that, I went to um, I did a year's foundation art college, and we we had to keep sketchbooks for everything, all the all the different projects and all the different modules. You know, had to have a, a sketchbook to go with it as all the kind of the pre work. And I remember hating, absolutely hating, um, drawing in a sketchbook because if I mucked up a page, it would muck up the whole sketchbook, the whole book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you were saying, you know, hovering over the page, not wanting to make a mark because what if you screwed it up? You know, you know, if there's a hundred page sketchbook, well, what if I screwed one page up because it would ruin the whole thing? And in the end, because um, I was so resistant to it, so so resistant to that process of, of, and also, what I hated was the order of pages. You know, what if I did something on page forty that felt like it should be near the beginning? So in the end, what I did was I did everything on separate pieces of paper and then bound it all together at the end. And that, that was a hack that worked. That freed you up. I was sort of, I was, I was almost like sidestepping, the, leaning into that resistance. I was finding a way around it, but actually like. You hacked it. But yeah. what you just described, what was going on for me. <laughs> so interesting. You know, I was, I noticed as well um, with journaling, the same thing. Like I've always been a writer. I've got journals since I was like 13 years old, but definitely have periods of my life where I haven't much. And the last couple of years, um, 
probably starting with my divorce, which was about two and a half years ago, really started journaling again and just using that as a process to get things out. But I've noticed, um, I noticed that even in my journaling, it took me a while to not filter what I was writing in my journal that was just for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, gosh, I'm so, it's like there's this thought of like I have to sound sophisticated or like I don't know why. I, I remember um, more recently I've experienced like, okay, I'm not going to write about that situation anymore. Like finish a journal and get a new one. I'm like, this is a new journal, a new start. I'm not going to write about my ex-boyfriend. And then it's like three days later I'm writing about it. And I'm like, why am I like judging what I'm writing in my journal, which is my tool to process the challenges in my life? Mm -hmm. Like, why would I judge that? Why would I even hold myself back? But it's like something that happens because just of this, like, I don't know, this need and desire to like be perfect, to be a certain way. I think we all have an element of perfectionism in us. Um, I think we, I know for myself in business, like I'm very practiced at letting that go because I had to be as an entrepreneur, like when the perfectionism was showing up early on, I was like, you know what, I could see that this is going to block me. So I just let it go. But I'm sure there are other areas of my life, like in my relationships where I want to be the perfect partner, the cool girl, the like guy that every girl would want to date. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, let it go. Am I allowed to swear on your show? I think I've sweared already about four times. That's Sorry. Fine. <laughs> I didn't even notice. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so I'll give you permission. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's part of my creative process to be able okay. to swear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, there's just, there's just so much of what you're saying is just, it, it's literally, it could be my own life story. Um, Yeah. I think it's everyone's life story. And that's the thing. Like I've been so nervous a lot of the times when I'm sharing such vulnerable things on social media, especially when I first started, I would have, I would like write something or do a Instagram live. And then I would literally feel like throwing up afterwards. Like what the hell Sarah? Like, why do you feel the need to tell everyone that you're insecure about X, Y, Z and that you're, or like I did this whole I was going through this whole period of self-sabotage and I talked about it, like exactly what I was doing. And I was just like, oh, why are you telling people that? (laughs) But what actually came out of it was so many people reaching out saying to me, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, I'm doing this. I run a $10 million company, but I, my personal life is in shambles. Like I, all of these things. And I'm like, what I've realized through the process is, we're all going through this stuff. We're all feeling it. We're all trying to figure it out. And I think what you're doing on this podcast and hopefully what I'm doing uh, is giving people permission to like be with mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of my biggest learnings and, and, and I feel like in some ways I have made a fair bit of progress around this and it's, it's still, still massively ongoing, but it's yeah, just being with the process, being with the feeling. So, you know, when a, when a so-called negative feeling, whether it's anxiety, whatever, you know, shows up, instead of trying to push it down or like bury or, or, or I don't know, think positively or whatever, we talked a bit about positivity. Um, it's just, okay, you know, invite it in, like let it do its thing, let it work its way through. And I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable with that. I mean, I say that quite tentatively because it's, it's, it's not always a nice feeling but yeah. and yeah, just giving myself permission to feel 
I just think in um, I can't remember the exact context. I might I might quote it wrong, but I read, I think it was on a Facebook post or something, and it was something Elizabeth Gilbert said when she was asked the question of, um, is it? But it's something along the lines of, does it feel does it does it feel difficult to to be to be that vulnerable or something like that? And she said, when she's, it's actually more uncomfortable not to be vulnerable. Um, and when and if she was in a room of people not being vulnerable that's like almost the worst this that's the uh, you know the highest form of discomfort I've totally just killed that quote but the idea that it was more comfortable to show up vulnerably um because then it was just it was just out there and there was nothing no, nothing kind of yeah you, and, you, and you're in integrity and alignment and it's just that's what's true so whilst in some ways it's super difficult in other ways it's the it's the easiest thing and the truest thing and the most be- and it's just like oh the release so I find that interesting like at the same time it's like the most difficult thing yet the most easy beautiful like fulfill like it's it's both at the same time this the, this it is and I think with practice like once you start and you get on that path mm. I feel that as well it's just easier to be yeah. me yeah yeah, you said it much better in one sentence. So I just kind of <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it is. It's just easier to be me because I don't have to. I don't know construct anything, or it takes a lot of worry out. Like, oh, should I say this, or should I say that, or should I be like this, or don't be like that? You know, don't be negative, don't be down, just be that. Like, that's a lot of like I've got a lot of rambling going on in my brain anyway, as we all do. I don't need like. Mm happy to be more free of that and it is an ongoing practice for me like I'll still find myself going oh no you can't share about that again like god you've been going through that for like a month people will be sick of hearing it and then I'm like well it's real like if it's taking me a month or six months or six years it might be taking other people six months or six years so it's okay so uh, it's a question that's came to my mind and um and I'm, I'm 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 asking myself this question at the same time as speaking out loud is when you had this little kind of little realization sitting on your yoga mat um last year I think you said it was and that it's just okay we'll just just be just be me did you know at that point who you who you were like did you know what that I don't meant? know who I am now and that's another thing that I've decided is totally <laughs> fucking okay like I feel like we in society we put on this pedestal like knowing yourself and being so strong with who you are and understanding yourself and like I'm constantly curious about myself like that is what I do every day basically it's like oh why am I thinking that why am I feeling that what does that mean but I feel like the way that we've positioned knowing yourself is actually rigid. It's closed minded. It's like, I have these beliefs, these morals, these standards, and like, there's no compromise on that because I know myself. And I'm like, that's very like unfriendly to the world because gosh, the things that I thought a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, have totally shifted. Mm. And I'm super glad that I've stayed curious about who I am. Because also who we are is always evolving. Like every new experience, every new interaction is adding to who we are. Mm. Um, So, but the one thing I will say is I wasn't able to just have that thought and then be in my truth from that day on. Like it's literally been, you know, a year and a half journey of like testing that water and seeing how that feels and trying to have uncomfortable conversations and going back to 
hiding and lying again because it was so fucking hard when I showed up. Like that was a big thing in my relationship was we're in an open relationship and exploring non-monogamy. And, you know, that comes with it a lot of challenging conversations, like telling your partner that you're attracted to other people and what's going on there. And it's painful and it's hard and it hurts. And there were times where I was just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. I don't want to, like, I don't want us to go through a week of pain for me to say this because it doesn't actually mean anything about how I feel about him. So I'm just not going to say it, Mm. but that was not the right way forward, you know? And, but these are my, my, my struggles where I tried and then I'd be like, Oh God, this is hard. And then I would try again. And I feel like, you know, there came like a day of reckoning where I just released all of it. Mm. And then I launched my podcast and I released more of it to the entire world. And then it just feels like, I'm there and it's okay. And I don't know, it was a journey. I I also stumbled across a book. I I think that first thought was just like, oh no, but you can't like fully be that. Like it sounds interesting, but, and I I said it to people and they were like, "Uh, you're a crazy girl. Like (laughs) you got to keep things to yourself and there's no point saying things to others that hurt them. And I mean, I agree with that. Like you don't need to throw insults around the place or anything if it's not of any use to anyone then Mm. that's fine but I mean I don't really know like once you start stepping into this place and looking at everyone and everything with love with unconditional love and connection like I don't know what insulting thing you really have to say anyway so that kind of nullifies that whole that whole piece but yeah it was it was a journey and I think I came across a book in the middle of my breakdown actually and you know I'd have to say my breakdown in many ways came from you know, not standing in my truth and my authenticity for myself. Um, I was like letting myself be pushed and pulled and swayed by the relationship I was in and other things going on in my life that I'd kind of lost that sense of what I needed and what I wanted. And I was abandoning myself. I wasn't giving myself what I needed, but I came across a book called Radical Honesty. I've, and it, I've got, I haven't read it yet, but it's, I can see it. it I, is, it's in my, it's in my eye. Yeah, in front of my vision board. So, I can't remember the author because I'm not good at remembering things like that, but uh, I believe he's around 65 years of age or something when he wrote the book, If My Memory Serves Me, and he's a psychologist or a psychotherapist or something like that. He's been a therapist basically his whole career, and he he's basically reflecting and sharing case studies and, you know, his understanding that all of our troubles, like everyone who's coming in and sitting across the couch from him, is because of the things we're too afraid to show other people. Mm. the thing the ways that we're too afraid to show up and as I said that spectrum is really wide like it can be the blatant eye that we look the blatant it can be the blatant lie that we look our loved ones in the eyes and say Mm. and it can be the I do all of these things because I'm obligated to and Mm. believing that story and like I don't know how to just say no I don't know how to not do the things that I don't want to do I'm stuck in this part of my life because I you know, ultimately that's another untruth. Like we're not just being who we need to be. Mm. And fuck, I read it and I was like, oh, I could just tell in my soul, like this is what's right for me. Like radical honesty is what's right for me. And there are a few, there were at the time a few big things that I'd been holding on to that I thought I don't want anyone to know those things or I don't want my partner to know that about me or I wouldn't want, you know, a family to know that thing about me. And I had, I realized like, well, why? Because if they can't love me through that, then they don't deserve to love me. Mm-hmm. So how did, so 
I'm just trying to formulate what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so in sharing, so I'm assuming then you did, sh- you did share those things that you didn't want them to know about you. So what did, what did that then do for you or do for them? What did that then create the sharing of that? What did that change? How did that shift? I think what shifts in me is that I feel like I'm honoring myself because I'm no longer telling myself that I'm not good enough. Um, and what it shifts in my relationships like is really interesting and you never know what you're going to get. So one of the things that I was afraid of sharing with my boyfriend at the time, my partner, was um, the full history of a previous connection. I hadn't told him the full story. I'd told him most of the story, the edited story, mm-hmm. and there was a piece to the puzzle that I'd left out. And that was something that had been weighing on me that I was like, why didn't I just tell him that piece? Like when I told him about this person, why didn't I share that whole piece? Um, and I didn't, uh, you know, another thing. So when, when I told him, uh, that he was not happy and it was contributed to us splitting up. So that's truth. Like that's what happened. And it wasn't, you know, there was a pretty significant impact, but there's also more truth behind that. Like, I don't believe that anyone will split up from one thing like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot going on and that was, that was a part of it. Mm. And him and I have dug into some further truth around what was really going on and um, potentially why that conversation could became, became a catalyst for us to yeah. split. Um, you know, sometimes we're not even in our truth as to why we exit situations, why we break things, because it's easy to just pin it on something and hightail it out, you know? Um, That's okay. This truth is like a constant discovery. So the other, one of the other big ones that I was more afraid of was more publicly was I was a pole dancer for three months when I was 18. So I like not the athletic kind, like the one where you actually take your clothes off and get paid (laughs) for it. But I, this was something that I had really never told anyone, like my best friend and my sister knew and I don't know, maybe a couple of people knew, but not many people. And it's so weird because when I told that, people were just like, "Mm, Mm. I don't really care. (laughs) Like, oh, like the first person that heard was like, oh, it's so interesting how like people have all these like weird, different, interesting jobs when they were younger. And I was like, oh. So that was one that was like, God, I held that for so long with some big story about how like, I don't know, like everyone would, hate me and think differently and leave me and Mm. all of those kinds of things. And that's not the truth. Mm. Um, You know, it was something that I thought, oh, if my family found out or I don't know, and like nobody even cares. Well, and that's the crazy thing because, and I think, you know, we touched on some of this when I was on your podcast is that these stories that we carry that drain us, that weigh down, like that, you know, massively impact in, in so many deeper levels, how we're showing up in life, even if it's something that happened years ago. Like, I mean, I talked a bit about my ADHD and my behavior as a kid and all the guilt and shame I carry, I carried and I'd st- I still do because I'm still working through it of, of what I was like with, with my family. And, and I know that now shows up as the, the fear of disappointing people, the fear of if, if someone, whether it be a client or a friend or a business relationship, if they get on board with me, at some point I will let them down. At some point I will not be who they think I am because I was this kind of a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde at, you know, at school, this angel child at home, I was this monster. And 
and because it was so uncontrollable and I didn't feel like I had the control over it, it that's still, it, there's still that fear that they'll see that I'm this rubbish person. This, And it's like giving myself permission to, I, I mean, I, it was fairly, fairly recently, I sort of shared some of that with my family and, and about how, how guilty I felt like towards my brother and sister who are younger than me about, you know, ruining family outings and stuff by my tantrums. And they were like, it was no big deal to them. It just, it hadn't factored in their memories of, of childhood at all. And there were some things that they, that they found that, that I did that pissed them off more that I hadn't even thought about, you know, like I can't even remember what it was now. Um, but my sister mentioned something. I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even realize that was a big deal, but it was the thing that she remembered as being annoying. She yeah. We all remember things differently. Stuff. We all like, tell these stories. So I've just been carrying this thing that I hadn't given myself permission to, to just like let go of. And I'm still working through it. It's crazy when now that in my, in my mind, I know it's no big deal because they've confirmed that it's no big deal. And they were the ones who I thought I impacted. So therefore they're the ones that, that matter in that, but I'm still struggling to let go of, to, to allow myself to fully release it, even though I know intellectually that, you know, what's going on. So this, for me, that's like a massive part of this permission process of, you know, releasing stories and stuff and not just understanding intellectually where, you know, the stories that need to be rewritten, actually like going through the process of really like embodying it. Like, cause I know I'm still in between that, that kind of like, I get it in my head, but I'm still fully releasing it in, in my. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a like, process of releasing it. I think it's a process of like, once you speak it that first time, like practicing speaking it and getting comfortable with it and actually enjoying like, oh fuck, it's actually freeing to be able to just talk about this now rather than, especially when you talk about the professional stuff, like, oh, if my clients know I have ADHD, like they might not want to work with me. Well, how freeing is it to be like, Hey, I'm all these things and I have ADHD. And then when they say, cool, I'll work with you. It's like, great. You don't have to worry about it. Like, and then if like something comes up, like they know, like they knew it's okay. Like, I mean, I think the same thing when I'm, I'm raising money for my company at the moment and with everything I share, I'm like, God, like, will people want to invest in me? But like they do, which is great. I've already got investors and I've already got the check signed and the money in the bank and the document signed and the money in the bank and all of that. And like, initially that kind of surprised me. I was like, Oh man, like, have I made a mistake sharing all of this stuff now that I, cause the decision to raise money came after. Um, but like people actually like reached out because they're like, well, I know who I'm dealing with. I know who you are and it's okay. Like we all go through all of these different things. I think about it for myself. There's someone I work with, um, from a business context, who's like, I'm the customer of, and this person like suffers kind of like depression and stuff like that. But I know about it. And Mm. I know exactly when this person goes offline and is like, Mm. not going to be able to deliver. And I'm like, I just send them love and send them messages and telling them that I'm here. And then I share some of my story and then they come back online and we continue the journey of working together. And I love this person so fucking much. I don't give a shit. Like, I love the work we do together and I'm okay if we can't do it this week. <laughs> whereas, whereas if, if this person hadn't given her, is it her? Is it her? If they, if they hadn't given themselves position, um, permission to, to 
share that side of themselves and then you didn't you didn't know about that and they went offline there'd be more frustration there because why they're not contactable you know like exactly something you understood um then it would be more frustrating you know so so giving ourselves permission to share all of who we are even the things that we don't necessarily see as a positive like yeah as you say like people want to work with you because they know they they know who you are they know who they're dealing with and like ah I I don't know why like just so simple but I hadn't really thought about that like I know it because I'm the same I want to work with someone who who I just resonate with and that vulnerability will connect me with them and and because I understand what's going on so therefore if there is a a little blip or they've gone offline or whatever I, I get it it's it's no big deal whereas if I hadn't understood this stuff and it was just it was this kind of surface level connection then there'd be so much uncertainty and it and actually when we give ourselves permission to fully show up it it kind of almost yeah like diffuses a lot of that uncertainty neutralizes a lot of situations yeah and yeah I just I think that like the way we operate let's stay stay kind of focused on work but it really extends to everything but is like evolving and we're evolving to this place of more like bringing our whole selves and I've noticed in my own company and grow my team um, we are a small team we're seven but they've been with me through my breakdown through lots of things and you know I cry sometimes in my weekly team meetings because I'm stressed about something and I reach out to them and say like we need help or you know sometimes we celebrate and laugh and all of those things but I've noticed in my journey as a leader in my journey of running companies like this is the best team and culture I've ever had because we are bringing our whole selves and we're real and we all know the different things that are going on with each other because the reality is like how can you compartmentalize like how can you like I don't know, when my dad died, like, how can I just like go to work the next day and pretend like, just be like, oh, well, I'll just do my work and then I'll go home later and grieve. Like, no, you know, and when you do do that, Mm. what's happening, you're pushing down what's really going on. You're not sitting in your pain. You're not sitting in your feelings, which is actually what I did. And then you don't cry for four fucking years. And one day it all comes out because, and I remember my auntie saying to me when dad died, she said, like, try to feel it and let it out because it's going to come out Mm. and it'll either be now or it'll be sometime. And, you know, she told me the story of when her dad, she's not really my auntie, she's my um, mum's best friend, but she told me the story of when her dad died and it came out 20 years later, like she had a breakdown 20 years later over it because she just pushed it down for so long. And I'm like, and for me, you know, I tried, but I didn't know how, and I pushed Mm. it down. And it was, it was when my marriage ended. It's been the last two years that I've grieved heavily for my dad's passing, which was actually six years ago, because for four years, I pushed it all down. I didn't cry. And I became very cold and very like, I, I lost something I've always had is high empathy and high connection and high ability to, you know, get in and see what's happening with someone else. Sometimes it's, too much like because I can't separate my energy from theirs but that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) but I lost for four years a lot of that ability I was like I'd have like a team member sitting there crying to me about what was happening with them and I'd be fucking stone-faced like just like I don't know like you need to just stop crying like because I didn't want to feel that for Mm. myself it's interesting you said um you didn't know how like the, the, the the how thing came in just then and I wonder 
and I, I'm just thinking in terms of people listening to this who understand the power of allowing, of giving ourselves permission, understanding, who understand the power of vulnerability, but, you know, it's, it's taking those tentative steps into, into actually allowing it. And the how, you know, how did you um, reconnect to that side of yourself? Or how did you, in, you know, in the beginning, when, when you were sitting on your yoga mat last year and you had this like, oh, you know, it'd be, be all of me, like, what, what were your kind of steps into beginning to tease to tease that out and beginning to sort of step into that space because it's 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 like such a big thing it's like where do we start it's huge and I can see where how far I've come you know I also I'm thinking back and there was one other moment before the yoga mat there was I, I had a night where I met a friend and we well I, I knew this person but we ended up we were all out partying together and this person and I ended up everyone kind of else went to sleep and we sat up until eight in the morning talking and we like freaking confessed all of our sins to each other mm-hmm. and I think that was actually my moment it was the first time that I'd spoken out loud some of the things and it was a new friend and our friendship built from there and I was like wow so that one friendship that I have was like I've got other long-term friendships, like my girlfriends that have known me since I'm 11 that have always known the real me. Mm. Um, But like this was a more, this Sarah who exists in the world now showing up with somebody and showing them everything they are. So I had this one friendship and I was like, huh, I think that actually was the spark of the first, and then that thought came and, and off we went. But to answer your question, I just find it, sorry to go on that tangent because I find it so interesting when we trace back, like, Mm. where did this all actually come from? Like, at what point did my life start to shift? Mm. Um, But I think to answer your question, it's like just a practice and it's just like testing the waters on little things, like, and maybe asking yourself, like, where do I want to start? Like, do I want to start with this really big thing or do I want to just start with, I don't know, saying my preferences or not going to the thing I don't want to go to or answering honestly when someone says, how are you? Like just start with the little things and see what conversations open up because I think what we need when we start moving into a new way of being is like evidence that it's going to be okay. Mm. A little bit of evidence that people will still love me. Mm. I say this or if I do this or if I show this side of myself. And so practicing with like these tiny little things that are less meaningful, um, like I was such a go with the flow person for the most part, I would be like, you know, I, and I actually noticed I attracted like quite a lot of like highly neurotic friends. Cause I was probably pretty good to be around. Cause I'd just be like, yeah, we can do whatever, <laughs> but like, just start with the thing where it's like, no, I don't want to go to that restaurant. I want to go to that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't go, say what you want versus just being like, I don't mind, whatever. Yeah. Like how many of us are just like, I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind, I don't mind. Like you do mind. Like you have a preference. It's okay. Like, yeah. and it's okay that that preference is like not very strong and you really don't mind that much, but just yeah. practice by saying like what your preference is. Yeah. Like start there, start with something so small. Yeah, I can. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing to myself because I know I'm that person of I don't mind. And sometimes when your preference preference isn't that strong, it's it, it seems to make sense to say I don't mind because you know in in to to a large extent I don't mind. Um, yeah. And, and interestingly, that comes that comes back to something that you, you mentioned earlier, which I found really interesting. And so I'm just trying to um, remember exactly what it was, but it was. 
it was around the you were talking about you were talking about um a time in your relationship when you knew if you said this one thing like the, the potential kind of impact of that could be really huge and so therefore it's easier just to not say that thing because actually it wasn't a and I, and I might be I might be slightly changing exactly what was said but this is what, what came what, what came out for me as you were saying it was sometimes when we know that by saying something could have a massive impact and it would be a bit of a slog to work through it's and it's a less of a deal to repress it it's easier just to think well I'm not going to say anything then because yeah. I don't want to have to deal with the aftermath when it's not really that big a deal to just repress it but if those things just add up you know if they that's what happens so that's the danger every little thing adds up yeah and where it, do you draw the line where do you stop and that's what I think happens is the first time that you decide not to share that thing or open that thing it's easier and you're like, okay. And it really wasn't a big deal. But then, you know, one year, two years, 10 years later down the track, you find yourself, it could be like a lot of things that you're not. And how much have you hidden of yourself? Even if it's that same little thing that you always share, there's Mm. a part of you that somebody doesn't know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that was interesting to me because again, I hadn't really sort of seen it from seeing that, that, that balance almost of, like I just want to share this little thing because then it 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 avoids other people, including myself. It avoids, it avoids the hurt by just keeping that bit back. And, yeah. it feels like and I think this is where we can just take some time to feel out the way to say things, mm. not to edit them, but just to find the way to say things. To be like, I want to express this to you, just so you know my full truth and you know what's going on. Mm. And I want to ask you what you need and how I can reassure you or how mm-hmm. we can move this together so that, you know, it doesn't impact us. Mm-hmm. But we're so afraid, especially with, you know, new relationships or new friendships or could even be like new team members because, you know, when we first meet someone, we connect over our sameness. We look for all these ways that we're all the same, we're all amazing, this is so great. And if the first, like every time one of those things falls away and we find that piece of difference, it's like this fear that, oh my gosh, like the wheels are going to fall off and everything's going to blow up. True. Yeah, yeah. But like, what is relationship? What is long-term connection? Mm. You've got to see the whole of somebody. Like my mm. best friends on earth are like the girls that have known me since I was actually 11. We all went to primary school together. They literally know everything, have, like have always known everything. And they are the ones that I would go to, to be like, am I crazy? Like, this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I'm feeling, or this is what's happening. And we went through the, I'm not sure when we were teenagers, like not knowing what to say, not, but ultimately you see it because you're a teenager and you're just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you're crazy and you do all the things that you do and it all ends up out probably. So they know me and they're the, they're the girls that like I've always been able to go to, but, and those friendships are the strongest because I don't have to be anything different for them. And I think now I'm at the place where I'm like, I want every relationship to be that. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I just met you and, you know, I don't know, I was on stage and you're impressed with me of my business prowess. Like if I'm having cash flow issues that day and we are talking after I'm on stage, like, and it's relevant to the conversation, I'm going to share it. I'm not going to hide it because I want to maintain my status of what you saw on the stage of me being an expert in whatever it was that I was talking about. Like, no. Like I'm just going to be all of it because I don't want the pressure of having to live up to who this image that I created for myself when I first met somebody. 
And that goes, and that's all, yeah, that goes back to some of the stuff I was saying around this fear of disappointing someone. So therefore, if if I'm if I'm laying it all out there right from the outset, which is kind of the territory I'm 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 sort of diving into much more in my life now, is it, it's almost it's not that I can't disappoint someone because we you know we can't control disappointment in life that happens disappointment happens but it well you're just being human from yeah, day one it's, it's and there's and there's nothing that I've held back you know talking about um when when we show all of ourselves people contract people know what they're dealing with you know people will know what they're dealing with and so therefore if something does kind of go wrong it won't be because I haven't because I've held something back and that's been the cause of it. It will just be because it's kind of human, it's life and whatever. Um, it's being human. Like we are definitely going to disappoint people. Yeah. We think that we can like, okay, this is the question that I would ask to everyone. <laughs> if anyone's resonating with what we're talking about, have you managed to avoid disappointing anyone <laughs> by living this life of like showing up how you're meant to? Mm. I dare say you haven't. You've still disappointed people. There's still been conflict. There's still been drama from time to time because it's inevitable. So yeah. I'd rather just be doing it around the real stuff than, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and and also sort of going off the back of that and also something you just mentioned before is, you know, if, if, if in a, whether it's a new connection or a long-term connection or whatever the connection with someone or people is, if there's a bit of a difficult conversation and there's some stuff to navigate, like, on the other side of that is so much deeper connection or if it's not they're not your that's not your person they're not your people so either either there's a opportunity to kind of like walk away because they're not your tribe whatever or there's just so much deeper connection it's just surface connection like what is you know what does that serve really yeah like and I think uh, that's exactly right I had a friend friendship end um a few months ago and it was a, a girl I'd been friends with for a year and a half, really had been a deep connection, really had spent a lot of time kind of investing in that friendship and and something happened and she cut me for like six weeks and that was really hurtful for me and I had no idea what had happened. Mm-hmm. And when she kind of came back online and told me what had happened, it was kind of a, a situation that had happened outside of me that she wanted me to be a part of and wanted to kind of pin me as having had some some responsibility because I'd, I don't know, connected her and someone else or something like that. I, I don't even, I don't know how to explain it without, I don't want to go into her mm. stuff and her privacy, but like straight away afterwards, I was like, wow, like this is really intense for me because I don't know what role I actually played in that you know, I'm, I'm willing to talk about it with you. You know, I even suggested, cause I loved her so much. I was like, would you consider doing a session with my therapist? Because I think it could be like a really good opportunity for us to get into this. And I want to be, I want to understand my role and I want to understand where you're at. And she was just like, no, I absolutely don't want to do that. And I was like, okay, so how do we talk about it? How do we move through it? And then she just kind of wanted to like brush it aside. And then I had some space for it for a week and I thought, well, that's not really like we had a chance to deepen our connection and our friendship. Um, And I mean, even right in the start before she had made the decision to cut me off for that time, we could have talked and had an opportunity to deepen, but instead, you know, the option was just to exit. So it was kind of sad, but it was also, um, and there's no, there's no hate. Like if I saw her, I'd love to see her and it'd be fine. But I think, we missed that opportunity to deepen the connection and and she's not my person. Like she's not, 
someone mm. who deserves that level of friendship and love and um, all of that that I have to give because ultimately when it came down to it, that conflict was something we were unable to re- um, to resolve. And I'm okay with that. Like, mm. But that's taken me a time in my life to get to that point where I can allow things to flow away based on what's going on for everybody uh, because I'm healing that kind of side of myself that wanted to hold on to everything and everyone and, you know, saw it as a direct reflection of me if something couldn't continue. Mm. I loved how you said that, you know, when you, when you talked about missed opportunity, I guess, you know, the, the reflection I had on that is like what I, what I feel I'm doing here in a way, what, what, what I hope I'm doing in a way is, is sort of creating opportunities partly for self-reflection and for people listening to have that, have these moments of awareness of reflection and kind of like, okay, well, how does this conversation relate to what's going on in my life? But also then potentially, you know, creating those, those kind of chinks of opening for conversations with other people. And like, cause it is about, if you see an opportunity, become aware of an opportunity to, to dive that bit deeper, even just a little, even just one layer. It's not, like you'd have to go full, full, yeah. you know, right. It's just, okay, well, here's an opportunity here just to ask a question or just to put something on the table. And, and like, that's where it all starts. You know, you talked about doing testing in small ways. Like, I guess that's what I'm hoping is this just creates the awareness around what it does it mean to give myself permission? How can I begin doing that? How does that then show up in my relationships with other people, not just with myself, because it's a, it's a two way thing all the time, isn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I kind of feel like that almost kind of brings it to a beautiful a, a sort of a beautiful close. I'm wondering if there's any, anything else that, is present for you right now that that feels feels a need to be heard in in you know in the context of this conversation before we wrap up the only thing coming up for me is that this is our own individual's journey individual journeys <laughs> this is our own individual journeys and you know even though what I'm talking about has been hugely beneficial to me and is the way I'm choosing to live. It's also my way and it's where I'm at on my journey. And, you know, it's not going to resonate with everyone. It may not be right for everyone. It may not even be right. Like, I don't know. I'm just sharing openly where I'm at, what I'm going through. And I think just conscious that I'm not like preaching or, an expert in this or anything I'm just intuitively living life the way in a way that's calling me Mm. yeah that's intuitive I think that's the first time I've used that word but it is is where this comes from it is what living life in your own terms is what giving yourself permission is it has to be an intuitive process Mm -hmm. it can't just be a head-based you know externally validated what it's it's an intuitive process and that process that intuition will show up for everyone totally differently yeah, and I know like there are people that may be listening thinking, well, yes, but, you know, I'm not willing to lose my family or I'm not willing to, and I get it. Like, and we all have to make the decisions mm-hmm. for ourselves about, you know, how we want to go down this path and how we want to be in our truth and if that's the right thing for us or not. Like that was something that I had to realise as well once I started really stepping into this was like, I had this moment of like, well, how am I going to make sure that everyone in my life is as truthful as me? And I was like, well, you can't, Sarah. And I just had to be like, it's okay. Like people will lie to me and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because what I saw is 
when we lie, it's not about the person we're lying to. It's about us. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And the word, the word lie could be substituted for all sorts of other words. Anything. Yeah. But it's never about me. Like if somebody gives me an untruth, it's not mm. about me. I ha- don't need to be angry or hurt or in pain about that because that is their pain that they can't release and show up to me fully. That's their stuff. It's not mine and it's okay. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Ah, I love this conversation. I feel it's good. And and what the beauty of of these, because I think I've had about six conversations on this topic of what it means to give ourselves permission and and the direction they've taken has all been totally different. And, and I just think that's so, that is so beautiful because it is. It's, whilst it feels like we're talking about one thing, it's actually we're talking about everything because life, you know, it's, that is life. And yeah, I've just, I've really enjoyed this. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been so lovely to reconnect with you after, um, after a few weeks ago that we, we, um, we last spoke. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, and and the, and again, the beauty, and you probably resonate this as well, is that the beauty of this having convers- these conversations, these kind of unfiltered conversations, stuff that you know I'm working through in my own life, is that I get to learn. You know, when we're in this kind of dialogue, there's stuff that that you're saying like, oh yeah, yeah, and then I'm saying something like, wow, I said that. You know, so it's like a it's like a beautiful process that I'm I'm just learning and understanding and realizing in kind of real time. So it, it, it feels, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just wonderful. So, yeah, I love it as well. It's so amazing. Like, I'm just so, like, this journey is like so fucking cool for me. It's so, I feel so free and so liberated and so connected and just like, oh my God, like, I'm so glad I did it. I was so scared. Like, I did not think that I could really go on this path and it's sort of weird because it sounds like I must have been this big fat liar and I really wasn't it was just like it's just all these little things that and the more conversations I have with people I realize like I've not had a single conversation with anyone where they haven't shared something that they're holding back afraid of you know they've obviously because I'm opening up that space we're having that conversation and it's like so I don't know where the people are that are like totally already a hundred percent there like yeah and, ju- and just as you said then it's like oh it makes me sound like I'm, you know it wasn't like I was a big fat liar it's, but the interesting thing is that just because we're not lying doesn't mean we're in our truth it's exactly you know, and and I, I just just you know we can be kind of coasting along and long and neutral and I think I've used that phrase quite a lot of myself is that just because I'm not lying or just because I'm not whatever doesn't mean that I'm doing the opposite doesn't mean that I'm in my truth doesn't mean that I'm in yeah. doesn't mean that I'm giving myself permission it's it, so it's the absence of something doesn't mean yeah and I, and I think sometimes totally like there were very few like blatant lies mm. in my life you know mm. because that's my mum kind of taught me not to do that but I was like so fucking honest as a kid and then I started getting punished for that honesty like you know, people would not like me or something. And, and that's when I started like shifting and changing and I was watching everyone else and I'm like, but they're doing the same thing, but they're just not telling anyone mm. and nobody. And then I was like, so then I was like, I wanted to try that out. You know, I wanted to see what that was like. And then I was like, this doesn't feel good to me. Like, 
you know anyway ah thank you so much yeah pleasure ah lots of lots for me to process I'm kind of I can feel my mind just sitting with all this all this richness that we've talked about that's amazing I love it (laughs) cool thank you pleasure my dear it was so nice to see you again to learn more about me and my work come and hang out with me on instagram at joe hodson or get in touch with me on hello at iamjoehodson.com i'd really love to hear what insights came up for you as you listened and until next time keep leaning in to the magic in the messy